Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Satan hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Notice it is Satan, the God of this world. He hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, so that they won't see, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Jesus Christ is the image of God. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. John chapter 14, verse 9, that was right after he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, there are so many ways in which Satan blinds the minds of them which believe not, to prevent them from the light of the glorious, hallelujah, for the glorious gospel of Christ, to pierce through that darkness in this age of technology as Daniel 12 in the beginning of that chapter warns or talks about that knowledge would increase. Now, technology is not sin. Advanced technology and the knowledge that we have of technology and travel and all other matters, media, etc., is not a sin in and of itself. And yet it's been the playground of the enemy of all souls who Paul is addressing here in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 to use these venues, if you will, these mediums to continue to blind and distort the minds of men to keep them from Christ, to numb them, to keep them so busy with sports and entertainment and politics that they it crowds out the ability for Christ's light to shine into their dark hearts so that they can be saved. It is Satan, my friend, who blinds the minds of them which believe not. And lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And one of the ways that he does such is through religion. That's one of his most prolific tools, if you will, to blind the minds of men. Religion is that which, while claiming to be the way to God, is actually the very thing that Satan is using to keep people from God. I was brought up in the Roman Catholic religion and knew immediately upon being born again in my 20s that I had been lied to all my life. Now, who was that? Well, that was Satan. Scripture tells us right there in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that it is Satan who blinds the minds of men. He keeps them in the dark. He keeps them from being saved. You're never going to hear the gospel in the Catholic Church. You're never going to hear that you must be born again, that you must repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. No, they don't preach the Bible. They don't preach the gospel. They preach religion. A real man of God stands up and preaches the Bible just like it's written. And let me say this to anyone listening that is still a Catholic. God never told you to go 
serve a religion of mere men. He told you to come unto me, come directly to him. Otherwise, you will not be with him eternally. Religion cannot save you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He did not send religion. He didn't send some phony pope in Rome. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Maybe some of you have, but it's come out now that the emblem all over the pope's costumes, if you will, his robes, his religious costumes, in which they house that sinner, are the pedophile insignia of little boys. The little boy pedophile insignia. And that is very disgusting. I mean, anybody who is right with God knows that the Roman Catholic Church is an antichrist works-based cult. But this revelation, these revelations continue to come out because God is merciful and he wants to open the eyes of the blind to see that that which represents itself as God is actually subverting the truth of God. That's what the spirit of antichrist does. It poses as a servant of God while subverting the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have no greater example of such antichrist activity and deception as the cult of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, let me switch gears here as far as Satan blinding the minds of them. Now, he's speaking specifically, definitely primarily, it seems, to the lost or the backslidden, because he's talking about those who are without the kingdom of God in darkness and having the eyes of their understanding, their souls deceived and blinded from the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, which would save and save them free. Now, in this passage, Paul says in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 4, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. And let me say this, any ministry that we do or any of you other gentlemen that are in the full-time ministry, it came by the mercy of God, just like our salvation has come. And we celebrate and testify of how God saved a wretch like me. I am less than the least of all saints. I will have to argue with that one on that one point with the Apostle Paul when I get to heaven. And I believe that that is a good posture to realize no one needs the grace of God, the saving mercy of Jesus Christ, more than we do, than I do. In your case, you. Paul said, there's no good thing that dwells in me that is in my flesh. Nothing good in us except Christ, and hence the need for the daily crucified life, the cross, where our whole life must center. Verse 2, 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Now, that's really key right there. We should meditate upon that, gentlemen, that we must denounce all dishonesty, all deceit, manipulation, everything, and may God do that continually in our lives and to cleanse us to the core of our being and put an ax to the root and help to circumcise our hearts completely of everything that does not belong to him, that there be no darkness in us at all. Amen. We must denounce or renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Let it be, Lord. Lord, we pray right now that you would make us your authentic disciples, Lord. We have absolute utter need of your grace, your present saving mercy, and to make us whole in thee, O God, to break us to the core of our being, that we are completely given over to you, Lord.
in Jesus' name. Amen. So he says, 2 Corinthians 4, 2, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. I don't think that's happened in a lot of people that are in ministry from what I can see and from what the Word of God warns us about, especially in these last days where evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. He's talking in context with those who actually have a form of godliness, but they deny the power or the authority of Christ to reign in their daily lives. And that would mean they would be crucified with Christ, as Paul said in Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, he said, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Let it be, Lord, in our lives. In Jesus' name, Father. Hallelujah. Not walking in craftiness. He's talking about being deceitful and using sleight of hand and manipulation, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Oh boy, there's a big one right there. Hey, to tell you, from what I've observed, most men in ministry are not honest with the whole counsel of God. If it's brought up to them, for example, these guys that try to peddle this, the first lie of Satan, eternal security, once saved, said, that is absolutely a doctrine of devils. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. If that isn't a doctrine of devils, there's no such thing as a doctrine of devils, because that was the first lie Satan told a man and woman that caused them to fall. He's still telling that lie to many who have been saved to get them to fall. You see, Adam and Eve were right with God, and sin had not entered into the world in the way Satan baited them and caused them to fall away from God and robbed the fear of God out of their hearts, for they didn't have any fear of God and resist temptation, is to tell them that they would never die. They're never going to die. You shall not surely die. If you sin against God, you shall not surely die. There it is right there. That's the first instance of the eternal security doctrine. So a lot of men, they don't care what the Bible says. I had this discussion on email this morning with a brother named Kurt. That's a friend of ours and a brother in Christ. And he was talking about how he was discussing the book of Hebrews with some once saved, always saved people. And they swiftly got rid of him. They didn't want that doctrine questioned. You see, that's become a pet doctrine because you're going to draw people into your fold, if you will, even though it's a false fold based on lies. When you begin to tell people that they are good, they're secure, God's not an Indian giver and all these things, because people don't want to repent. They said a prayer somewhere in the past, but they don't really want to lay down their lives. They're counterfeits. Whether they've been saved in the past or not, they have fallen away. And so this is what Paul is talking about in Second. Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, the time will come when they will not endure, that means hold themselves accountable to sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, see, they have unrepentant hearts, they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. But still, we must preach the word. That means the whole word from Genesis to Revelation and be corrected by the word of God when it contradicts something that we presently espouse. So Jesus in Mark 6, it's on record where Jesus says, well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites. Jesus was inundated with the day in which he walked the earth was full of false leaders and claiming to represent God. We have the same thing today, folks. The Bible says there's no new thing under the sun. All of these churches and these guys all over social media that are so popular. Jesus said, woe unto you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. And let me throw this in there. A little leaven leavens a whole lump. Let me give you an example. There's a man named John MacArthur who is a very powerful communicator 
creator, but he's a false teacher. He believes Calvinism. He also denies the blood atonement of Jesus Christ. No, I'm not just saying that because other people have exposed it. I'm saying that because I heard him say it myself. If you go to our John MacArthur category, this drop-down menu on safeguardyoursoul.com, you can listen to him for yourself. It's right there. So anyway, this man is very effective in so many ways. But the Bible says concerning doctrine and sin, both a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little false doctrine completely poisons the whole pond, if you will. The whole body of truth of somebody who believes a lie is poisoned by that one lie. And we can make excuse all we want, but you're going to find that, as Jesus is going to point out here, that you're going to find great dishonesty, as we were reading in 2 Corinthians 4, our central text for today's message. I'm going to bounce back there in a second. You're going to find that they're going to throw the Word of God under the bus to keep their tradition. John MacArthur and all of these Calvinists, and once saved, always saved people, in the face of mountains of Scripture, which completely demolish these heretical systems of theology and these uh, doctrines of devils, they're still going to believe the lie. They're not given over to Christ. Now, how do we know who's of God and who's not of God? John 8, 47, Jesus said, I want you to memorize this verse, beloved saints. Write it on an index card. It will change your life and be a grid, a kingdom grid through which you can view the world of religion today and false professors along with those that are true disciples of Christ. Notice Jesus said, he that is of God, catch it. Notice who's of God, of God. That's the key term the first of two. He that is of God does what? Hears God's word. So if I'm believing in error, you show me clearly through the preponderance of scripture that I am dead wrong in my belief. You're going to see exactly who I am by how I react. If I let the word of God correct me, I say, thank you, dear brother. I was seeing that wrong. That's happened all along my Christian walk. And many of you can testify to the same thing, especially in your younger days. You get a little truth, but you don't see it in the in light of the full counsel of Holy Scripture. And so we got to let God correct us and thank God. I, may God bless us to pray like David. Lord, let the righteous smite me, Lord. It's going to be an excellent oil, man. It's not going to kill me. It's going to wound me to life. Psalm 141, I believe it's verse 5 or 3. Right in there in the beginning, David prayed, let the righteous smite me. Let him correct me, Lord. Let your word correct us. The Bible says all scripture is given for four purposes by God. Doctrine, sound doctrine, correction. There it is. The second of four. Reproof, to reprove, prove and reprove the truth as you go back to it. And instruction in righteousness. That's the four pillar purposes of Holy Scripture. The reason why God gave us his word in tangible form. Thank God for it. So Jesus says of the false leaders of his day, he says they're hypocrites. This people honoreth me with their lips. It's an outward profession, but it doesn't go down deep into their heart. But their heart is far from me. So you've got a lot of false professors today. And you know who they are when you blow up their false doctrine with sound doctrines from Scripture, and they still won't believe it. See, Jesus said, he that is of God, Here's God's word. You therefore hear them not because you are, here it is, the second of the two, not of God. See, of God and not of God right there in John 8, 47. I want you to write that on your index card with the reference. Also, I want to encourage you to bracket of God and not of God 
in that verse in your Bible. Please, it will change your life. Email me to tell me how that has changed your life, beloved saints. That is in profoundly important. John 8, 40. Seven. If you're of God, if you're hearing God's word, not just initially, but today, if God's word is differing, saying something different than what you believe, if you're truly of God, there it is. You're going to say, Lord, thank you for teaching me. Hallelujah, Lord. Circumcise my heart and teach me thy way. And Lord, unite my heart to fear thy holy name. Psalm 86, 11. Amen. Do it, Jesus. So those that are not of God, he says, do not hear God's word. They don't want to hear God's word. They don't care how many scriptures you throw at them. Once saved, always saved is their pet doctrine. That's the cardinal doctrine of these heretics. It doesn't matter. They're going to die on that hill. They're going to die and go to hell, too, because all false teachers and false prophets will die and go to hell, according to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. And that's what he's saying right here. They honor him with their lips, but their heart is forth from him. Howbeit in vain, he says, do they worship me? A lot of people rendering vain worship today. And here's the key. Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. They believe and teach false doctrines, doctrines of devils, and doctrines and commandments of men, things that are conducive to them selling and peddling their ministry where they've put themselves in a bind because of their own compromised, unrepentant hearts and got the building. So now they got to pay the mortgage. Now they got to pay the pastor. Now they got to pay all of these people. They got to keep the wheels rolling. And man, you start preaching the gospel like it's written, the original gospel, and you're not going to have people filling your pews. First of all, a real man of God isn't going to look for a building. He goes to the people. He's not trying to find a building to partition and quarantine himself up in and create this big overhead. So he doesn't have to be in a compromised position to lie to the people and withhold truth. He preaches the full counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation, regardless of what men are going to do with it. So Jesus and his apostles went to the people. They went out into the world to the people. They were gatherings. Yeah, I'm not saying if you minister in a building, you're automatically false. I'm not saying that. But in most cases, that's what you got going on today. Just because you meet in a building doesn't make you false. It really is what goes on in that building. But you got to be willing. We got to be willing to put the axe to the root and continually declare before the Lord that we will not glory in anything except in Christ and Christ alone. And that we will tell his truth. We will speak the truth in love, regardless of who it offends or doesn't offend. That's their issue with God. You and I, as servants of the Most High, as disciples of Christ, are to speak the truth in love and the whole truth and nothing but the truth, regardless of the way men are going to react to it. So they teach for doctrines, the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandment of God. They lay aside the word of God. Ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. Full well you reject the commandment, that is the word of God, that you may keep your tradition. So they throw the word of God under the bus to keep their tradition. That's how you know if somebody, it's one of the ways we know biblically that's by the way, Mark 7, 6 through 10. And we're going back here to our principal text here in 2 Corinthians 4. And we're reading in verse 2 where the apostle says concerning being called into the ministry by the saved and brought into the ministry by the mercy of God. Amen. So we can show people and demonstrate and testify of how God has forgiven us, not only initially, but thereafter as needed, but have renounced. We have to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Lord, make us honest, sincere, authentic disciples all the way to the core of our being, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, 
Don't handle the word of God deceitfully, God forbid. Lord, arrest and convict us in any way that we would dare to do such in Jesus' name. We must not handle the word of God deceitfully, beloved, but by manifestation of the truth, that is putting forth the truth, not only in the way we issue it forth out of our mouths as we minister the scriptures, preach the word, by the way, it is demonstrated in our obedience to God, his word, daily, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. That right there is 2 Corinthians 4, 2 in our text. So the word commending, notice Paul says, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Notice commending or exhibiting, introducing, the Greek says, exhibiting intransitively to stand near, to constitute, to approve, to commend, to consist, to stand with, standing side by side and declaring the truth of God and therefore resonating with the consciences of those who truly fear and love and know God. Now, let me throw this in there. One of the reasons why I like to reference, not only give scripture, but also tell you the reference to it, is so that you can go look. That's not to be fancy at all. It's so you can write it down and go look it up and see if this guy, Todd, is lying to you. I'm just trying to help you instead of you having to go search it out. Where's that verse at? I'll give you the reference. I like to do that. It's just a personal thing. I'm not saying that's an essential, but I love to do that so people can write it down, go look it up. Otherwise, how do they know I'm not making this stuff up? Notice verse 3, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Notice, we preach not ourselves, but Christ. In order to help members of the body of Christ in their Christology, that's a word that simply means our study of Christ straight from the Scriptures, where the Scriptures reveal about Jesus Christ, past, present, and future, and eternally, is so that we can learn and we can preach not ourselves, but Christ. And let me encourage you, saints, that we have to preach Christ, not only what He does for us, but Christology, who He is, His divinity, the fact that He's ever everlasting. He fulfilled over 300 prophecies which identify him as none other than the very Son of God, the Messiah, prophesied all the way from Genesis 3 and throughout Old Testament history, and now manifested in the flesh, came and died on the cross for our sins after living a sinless life, was buried and raised again from the dead, and he's coming back soon. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, 8, that he is the Almighty, the Alpha and the the Omega, the beginning and the end, who was and who is and who is to come. He is God manifested in the flesh. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Colossians 1.16 and 17 says that by him, Jesus Christ, were all things were created. All things were made and created by him. And all things are sustained by him today, right now. They're upheld by the word of his power. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. That's just a taste, but I want to encourage you to go to that Christology category on safeguardyoursoul.com. And our final verse here in this passage in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, remember that, let there be light, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
So God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, let there be light, Genesis 1. And also when the world, the fallen world, received Christ, the light of the world, he came into the world and he is the light of the world, John 1, etc., John also 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And notice, he hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And may God use us, may he breathe his life into us afresh today to anoint us to be dead and buried so that we're raised up in the power by Christ and we're able to help those that are blinded by Satan see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. And beware, saints, that we must fight the good fight of faith. We must lay hold on eternal life. It's First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, that we must fight the good fight of faith. And gentlemen, you know that if you get in a fist fight, we're not trying to do that, obviously. We're not to be brought the scripture says. But if you have to defend yourself, if you have to get in a fist fight and you're not swinging, you're losing. And Paul uses boxing as one of the three sports in the New Testament to illustrate spiritual truth. We wrestle, there's wrestling, not against flesh and blood. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says he's not as one that beats the air like a boxer. We want to land those punches, we want to be effective and not just be spinning our wheels, if you will, like a boxer who just throws his punches in midair and misses his target. We want to hit the target. We're in a warfare. We're in a fight. And if you don't fight, you're going to lose. You drop your arms and you stop swinging, you're going to lose. So we must fight the good fight of faith in order to lay hold on eternal life. If we don't, it's going to get away from us. Yes, eternal life is eternal, but the possession of it is not necessarily eternal. You have to endure to the end to be saved. And in order to do that, you must be an overcomer. Revelation chapter 2 and 3. To every one of the seven churches, Jesus said, only to those that overcome, they're the only ones that are going to be with him. You must fight the good fight of faith so that you don't believe for a little time and in a time of temptation, fall away. Jesus invented that term, Luke chapter 8, verse 13. And notice in Hebrews, see, the Bible teaches continually that you've got to continue in the faith to the end. That is almost completely ignored and intentionally removed from the original gospel and evaded like a plague. See, that right there is, as we read earlier in 2 Corinthians 4, 2, that is manifesting deceit. See, you're deceitful if you're not preaching the whole counsel of God. If you've seen scripture that's going to convict people and running away from it because you're trying to tickle their ears for your own self-serving agenda, you are a deceiver. You have not denounced the hidden things of dishonesty, as Paul spoke of in 2 Corinthians 4, 2. And it's time to repent. Notice Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ, as a son over his own house whose house we are, if, if, it's conditional, we hold fast, there it is again, the confidence and rejoicing of hope firm unto the end. Firm how long? To the end, to you with Jesus. You may be a king's kid now, but you're not home yet, friend. Notice here, I'm just giving you a few examples of how the Bible teaches that you've got to continue in the faith. And if you don't, Jesus said you're going to be cut off and thrown into the fire. If you do not abide, you do not remain, you do not continue in him. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, take heed, brethren. Oh, wait a minute. He's talking to the brethren. The whole Bible's written to the body of Christ, not the lost. There are some things written of the lost, as we just read in 2 Corinthians 4, but it's written to the church. And he even specifically says that right here. In fact, in the first verse, he calls us holy brethren. 
This is written to every believer, not just Jewish believer. Take heed, brethren. Are you a brother in Christ? If you are, this is to you, to me. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Wait a minute. The Apostle Paul, if he wrote this book, doesn't matter. It's given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Just said that a brother in Christ can wind up having an evil heart if he backslides, doesn't fight the good fight of faith, does not walk in the glorious light of the gospel of Christ, as we've been reading in our central passage in 2 Corinthians 4. If he does not walk in the light of the gospel, and he loves darkness rather than light, John 3, 19 through 21, and he doesn't fight the good fight of faith, he's going to wind up having an evil, notice, an evil heart of unbelief, and he's going to what? He's going to depart from the living God. Wait a minute, you can't leave God once saved? Oh, no. Yes, you can leave God. He gave you a free will and he never took that away. Love is not love if it's forced. Repent of the false doctrine. You can depart from living. In fact, the Bible tells in 1 Timothy 4.1 that some shall depart from the faith. Now, you're going to say that isn't possible. You're a liar, you're a devil, and you're not of God. John 8.47, verse 13. But exhort one another daily. Oh, boy, we got to encourage the body of Christ. Amen, saying, while it is called today, lest any of you brethren, be hardened through what? The deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if, notice, if, 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 we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. And I could go on and on. I want to highly encourage you to get the book, Lie of the Ages, beloved. You are going to learn so many scriptures. By the way, we're not here just to sell books, folks. We give away way more books than we ever sell. I can show you the numbers if you don't believe me. People get mad at you and they try to say, yeah, he's just selling books. Folks, we want to fill people up with the Word of God, no matter what format. We're trying to do videos. We do audios. We do radio. I do a lot of radio with Brother Travis Bryan and other people. Every way, every venue, we want to use the technology of this last hour to get the word out. That includes books. A lot of people love to read books. So we want to fill the books full of Holy Scripture and fill people's hearts and minds full of the Word of God. I don't think you'll find any Christian books anywhere on the planet that have more scripture in it than these books Safeguard Your Soul has. You can check it out on the store page on safeguardyoursoul.com. I'm going to finish with this. And again, remember, we are to denounce the hidden things of dishonesty. We've been saved and put into the ministry as the ambassadors of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.20. And we must denounce all dishonesty and preach the full counsel of God, including that you must endure to the end to be saved. Matthew 10.22 and 24.13. And there's even these deceivers, these dispensational devils running around saying, well, that was for the uh, Jews or something. They'd make some excuse. They always got to make some excuse and some lie up to get themselves off the hook to be accountable to Christ. That would be almost maybe something you want to look at if the apostles didn't continue continue to teach this need to endure to the end. They did all the way through. Paul did, John did, Peter did, all of And that book, Lie of the Ages, is so full of scripture that unfortunately we've never ever heard brought up in our gathering. You're going to learn a lot of word if you get that book. And by the way, it's the biggest book we have and the easy, the easiest one to read. I don't know why, but there's just something about it. 57 
chapters. Absolute blockbuster. All right, here, let's finish with this verse. Colossians 1, 22 and 23. In the body of his flesh, speaking of Jesus, through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. That's what kind of church he's coming back for, saints. Those that are without spot or blemish or any such thing. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. Then he says, so Jesus wants to present us to himself holy and unblameable, unspotted garments, saints. Confess all your sins. Overcome them. Let God cause you to overcome them through the cross life, the death, burial, and resurrection reenacted in your daily life, denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Jesus. May God bless each of us to be crucified with Christ, truly as he defines it. Verse 23, here it is. If you continue in the faith. There it is again. That is the two-letter nightmare to these fake, these frauds that believe once saved, always saved in Calvinism. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, that's God's will, that we be grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. You can be moved away from the hope of the gospel. Otherwise, that would never be right here in the Bible. You can depart from the faith, same thing, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. God bless you, saints. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and support for us to glorify God, to reach more and more saints and sinners and to be fruitful to the eternal glory of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting, and feel free to visit our donate page on the site, and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.